0: First never There's no one like you. We just worship you. There's no one like you. There's no one like you. You shine so bright. There's no one like you. Jesus, there's no one like you. We just sing with all the heavens. There's no one like you. We declare. It was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. He sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. I cried out to you, and you healed me. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. I have came that they may have life, and they may have it more abundantly.
1: Anyway, look with me if you would, Hebrews, and chapter two, beginning with verse fourteen, in just the middle part of that, it speaks of Jesus and his death. And it says that through death he, Jesus, might destroy. Say destroy. That word means render powerless, annihilate. I like the word annihilate, especially when you're talking about the devil and the powers of darkness. That he might destroy, annihilate, nullify him who had the power of death. That is who? The devil. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage For indeed he does not give aid to angels But he does give aid to the seed of Abraham Do we have anyone here this morning That is of the seed of Abraham If you are of faith Then you are of the seed of Abraham And the scripture makes that plain And therefore in all things He had to be made like his brethren That he might be a merciful and faithful high priest In things pertaining to God To make propitiation That's that big word We're going to explain that in a moment For the sins of the people That in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he's able to aid those who are tempted. How many of you are glad for that? And we'll look at that more. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the high priest and the apostle and high priest of our confession. Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him, who appointed him as Moses, also was faithful in all of his house. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is of God. And Moses indeed was faithful in all of his house for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward. Say afterward. But Christ... As a son over his own house who, whose house we are if. Say if. Now we're going to have to get more into that if later on down the line. But it will help us get started today. If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Now look in verse 14. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence and steadfast To the end Lord we thank you for this morning Thank you That Lord we're living with A great expectation Not in ourselves We've lost all confidence In who we are But we're gaining confidence In who you are And especially that you live in us And so we We pray Lord Let this be the day Show America that there's a God that rules and reigns Over the affairs of men And that he is doing what is absolutely unheard of in, this, in our generation And Lord we just thank you for your word And we just pray give us ears to hear What the spirit is saying to the church And we just honor you Lord Thank you for your presence Holy Spirit come And uh, we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I want to just review some of the points out of the scripture that we just read. And then I'm going to take off from there. But look in verse 14 again of chapter 2. And uh, the subject of death is mentioned. And we know that there is a determined appointed day in which each one of us will die. How many of you know that? There's an appointed man once to die and then the judgment As there was an appointed time for Jesus Of all the reasons that he came to the earth Of which he came for many reasons What? To, uh, you know, to destroy the works of the devil Came to do the Father's will What did he say? Behold, it's written in me You know, that in the volume of the book I desire delight to do your will and, all, and there are many other things Came to seek and save that which was what? But also, maybe the greatest reason, he came to die He came to give his life a ransom to all those who would receive them And uh, the scripture says, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow Texas should have gotten that message over this last week or so Can you believe, somebody said, I don't know if it's true or not, Reuben, you'll have to check They said every county in, in Texas had some degree of snow I have to go look that up because I don't know how that could be along the border. You can't believe everything you hear. But they had a lot of snow in Texas. And though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. But Jesus, in his death, destroyed him who had the power of death. How many of you are glad for that? And he rescued, released all of those who all their life had the fear of death. And then over in verse 17 and verse 18 of chapter 2, we see just another point that I want to mention Jesus as the son of man was tempted at all points just like you and me every struggle every trial every temptation he encountered just like us but he never sinned right and then he offered up his perfection for our imperfection but the word propitiation it means that God took the initiative and he appeased or he satisfied the wrath that you and I should have, actually should have counted toward us, right? We deserve the wrath of God. But the propitiation, he, his, his death on the cross when he sacrificed his perfection for us, the just for the unjust, he enabled us to receive forgiveness. God is holy. Sin cannot be swept under the carpet. You cannot excuse it. How many of you know it's not going to happen? It's not going to happen. Your sin will not be excused. God's not going to say, well, I just, I'm going to overlook. No, there is, it must be addressed. And he addressed it once and for all. He died as a ransom for us. And then in chapter 3 in verse 1 and 2, it speaks about twofold calling that we have. First of all, there's a, an earthly calling, and then there's a heavenly calling. Now, our earthly calling involves that you and I, in this journey, we're called to a specific people. Say people. A specific place. Say place. And to a specific purpose. How many of you know that? There's an earthly calling, and uh, the devil does all that he can to disrupt and get us away from those who he's called us to And the place that he's called us to I mean, if you know what I'm talking about It's a specific calling And then not only is there an earthly calling There is a what? A heavenly calling And if you're going to walk in your heavenly calling You must be properly positioned With the right people in the right place Focused on the right purpose Thy kingdom come, thy will be done The only thing you're going to be able to do Is what's happening in heaven as you are in agreement and it breaks out on the earth through you If you're in the right place at the right time Do you understand that? Yeah. That's why these are critical days That's why there will only be a remnant But we must be about the heavenly calling that we receive from heaven Now this, I've got to tell you this Last night, this is two Saturdays in a row I had a dream and I've been asking the Lord I've asked the Lord all my life when I first found out that God speaks through dreams It was a revelation And my, the lady that God put me to live near After school seminary And she had dreams And it stirred me up And she was like a spiritual mom And she would tell me David you should pray that the Lord would give you dreams And I've always done that And he's given me many dreams But anyway there are times and seasons You know it's like You have a hard time sleeping Much less dreaming Anybody else been there? You know, sometimes, especially in this day, there must be more stuff going on in the heavenlies Sometimes I don't sleep quite as sound as I wish I would, you know, so anyway, but it's, that's okay There's purpose in all that But last night I had a dream, and in this dream I'm with a group of leaders, and we're all sitting in a circle and I ask this question, a thought comes to me, and I look at every one of them and I say, what would we do if 1,600 people came to Jesus next week? What would we do? And I looked at every one of them and all of them looked like, you know, they were looking at like a deer in a, you know, in a new light or some headlight or something. And they didn't. And then in the dream, I remember I went to my office and I began to pray. And I knew that God was going to answer my prayer and he was going to show me what to do when the 1,600 people showed up that were giving their lives to Jesus. And then this morning I was sharing this with Shirley and she said, you know what 1,600 also is? It's the address of the White House. 1,600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Now that White House, it's our house. It's the people's house. It's our house. It's America's house. And I personally believe that that was a word For the coming harvest of souls And God's saying to the church What are you going to do when they show up in America's house Looking, they just come to Jesus Or looking for him, whichever But I believe it's a prophecy of the great harvest of souls Some of you would agree with me And we're getting ready And as long as we seek him He's going to tell us what to do Ain't nothing we've done before going to work anyway Now let's get our latest program that, we, that worked back in 1950 Now that's 1950 This is 2021 The last time I checked Now look in verse 5 of chapter 3 And then it said And Moses was in, indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant For a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward You and I have a testimony A story that one day is going to be spoken of How many of you know that? And it's going to be fully made known It might even be made known when this life is over You know I heard this week And I know you heard the same thing I heard I had no idea I heard of a man He's a famous apologist World renowned You know, teacher of the word of God And after he died his sins got exposed after he died. And there now, they're, the, the whole ministry has done an investigation. You can look it up or you don't, I don't. I would encourage you to go look it up. But there was sin. And his sin was exposed after he died and left this earth. And the first thing that came to my mind when I heard that story, I said, you know that scripture, Lord, that says, be careful, your sins will find you out. They, if they don't find you out in this life, they may find you out You know when this life is over. I don't understand all the story of that, and I'm praying it has a good ending, but we're going to have a testimony. And you better be careful. You and I better be careful. Your sins will fall you out. And then in Hebrews, to lead us to where we're going, in chapter um, 3 and verse 6, and then in verse 14, it says, Whose Christ, or but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are if we hold fast. Say, hold fast. The confidence and the rejoicing of the hope Firm to the end And then verse 14 he says For we have become partakers of Christ If we hold the beginning of our confidence Steadfast to the end Now this morning The Lord put in my heart And I can only preach what he puts in my heart I've never been one of these guys That go and pull out Sermon number 85 out of the file of messages. I just can't do it. If it's not birthed in my heart, if it's not fire, I can I can't. So, if you don't like the subject, take it up with him. I just have to do what I'm told to do. It's not about me. I preach as if I'm preaching the oracles of God and then I trust him to do whatever he wants to do. But the title is When will the end come? And the subtitle, it may be better that fits. Is holding fast and firm to the end Because you and I are going to have to hold fast And we're going to have to hold firm to the end How many of you know that could be possibly true? How many of you know many are not going to do that? i got to preach eventually I know it's there I can see the title But it's the great falling away And there are many things causing many people to fall away It's going to happen It's going to happen just like the Bible says it will But the question when will the end come? It's been asked by believers, non-believers, all through history, every generation, wanted to know when this thing was going to wrap up. You don't have to be a rocket science in this hour to know the clock is ticking. And things are changing quickly. And there are many people asking. The Bible has a lot to say about the end. Jesus had a lot to say about the end. Let me just read a few scriptures that focused on the end and then we'll we'll go from there, get into the meat. But Genesis chapter six, verse 13, and God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come. And because of the violence that was on the earth. And it says that God regretted, God was sorry that he made man. And then he instructed Noah To build an ark. How many of you know if Noah had not built exactly to the way that God prescribed it, Noah would have ended up just like the rest of the crowd? He had to obey God, he had to obey for him to be fully saved. And then Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 11, and it came to pass at the end of 40 days and 40 nights. That God gave Moses, you know, the two tablets And so it was at the end of a time period That he got the Ten Commandments On the way down, you know, he thought he heard this eruption of, uh, you know, joy in the camp The Lord said, no, that's not joy The people have corrupted themselves And so he gets upset, throws, you know, the tablets and breaks them and all of this And such, you know, God was going to destroy the people a loving God now he's a loving God isn't he but he was going to wipe them out because of their corruption and their violence and their sin and Moses intercedes for them now we have someone that ever lives to intercede for us and that's the hopeful side of the story but remember Moses said God if you destroy these people what kind of reputation is that going to be they're going to know that you saved them out of Egypt But you couldn't save them for the promises and for the ultimate purpose that you have. And so there was 40 days. And then over in Job chapter six, verse 11, Job said, what strength do I have that I should hope? And what is my end that I should prolong my days? And later we see that God blessed the end of the days of Job more than the beginning. And we're gonna talk about that in a moment. And then David in Psalm prayed a prayer That would surely fit today He said oh let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end How many of you prayed that once or twice over those last years And I pray because the rest of that verse says Oh let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end And establish the just And we want to see the justice of God And there's coming a day that God's going to put an end to evil And wickedness He's going to answer Those that have risen up in rebellion against him And then Psalm 39 verse 4 Now this is a prayer we should pray It says Lord make me to know my end And what is the measure of my days That I might know how frail I really am And you know young people especially Think we're going to live forever Don't we? You see I included myself in that Young people we think we're going to live forever But we're not going to live forever There's going to come a day And then over in Isaiah He quotes God He said I am God and there's no other Declaring the end from the beginning And from ancient times things not yet done Then Jeremiah chapter 5 verse 30 An astonishing and horrible thing Has been committed in the land when I read this, I thought, God, you could have written this as if it speaks to today, hey, and it's horrible and astonishing thing have committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests rule by their own power, and my people love to have it so. but what will you do in the end? That was the question he asked, and then over in lamentations, and after the Babylonians had captured and destroyed Jerusalem, and Jeremiah describes what also could be a picture today. He said, now listen to this. Still our eyes failed us, watching vainly for our help. In our watching, we watched for a nation or a government that could not save us. They watched for a nation. Their own nation couldn't save them. They, Babylon, referring to Babylon, This could be the first example of big brother in the Bible. This is what it says. They tracked our steps. Look it up. So that we could not walk in the streets. And then Jeremiah, you know, looking over the situation, he cried out, he said, our end is near, our days were over for our end has come. Matthew chapter 10 verse 22, Jesus, Said you will be hated Hated Say hated I know we would rather be loved I don't like to be rejected There's something about it It just gets on my nerves You know I don't like it I'd rather not be rejected I'd rather be accepted I mean, of you are like that as well That's just our nature You will be hated by all nations But he who endures to the what? To the end Will be saved. Jesus wanted his followers later to know that the harvest is the what? The end of the age. The end of the age, and it's also a time of reaping of all that's both good and evil. Revelation 22. Jesus refers to himself as the Alpha and the Omega. What does that mean? The beginning and the end. Then in. First Corinthians chapter 15 Verse 24 Paul says Then comes the end When he Jesus Delivers the kingdom of God To the father When he puts an end to all Rule and all authority and all power And he's referring to The last enemy that you and I are going to Face and that's what Death He's going to end it all So the question When will the end come And how are you going to stand fast and firm to the end? I personally believe that it's a lot later than we think. And I believe we've got to be about doing the Father's will. Because as the word says, there's a day coming when no man will work. Now most would ignore this subject. How many of you know that? Don't really want to hear about the end of the age or the end of my life. Or whatever you know You know we're those that want to You know we, we know things have begun And we want to know how We want to have a good ending And now we in Christ know that we will have a good ending But many don't want to focus on that Many are spending their life Laying up treasures for themselves on the earth And uh, the moth and the rust are devouring And when Jesus said You should lay up treasures for yourself where? In heaven Neither the moth nor the rust. Will have any effect there So I want to look at what the Bible says About the end Is that okay we go there today Because we got to be ready We got to be those who stand There's going to be a great Falling away From the faith I have brethren that do not believe that And I understand I know that I believe In the keeping power of God I would have already had fallen away If he had not kept me How many of you know that All I know is you got to read the whole story And at the end of the age There are going to be many things happening That's going to cause people to fall Now so what does the Bible say about the end? Well first of all from the beginning of time People have wanted to know when the end would come How do I know that? Well you can just read in history But remember in, in Matthew chapter 24 The disciples asked Jesus When will the end come? And what will be the sign of your coming? and of the end of the age. Now it's not wrong for us to want to know the answer to that question. It's not wrong at all. Jesus, how many of you know, he didn't rebuke them for that, but he did rebuke those who could tell the weather. They were experts at knowing when the next cold front, although they didn't have, you know, accu radar and I don't know how they knew that, but they were expert in telling the weather, but they could not discern the sign of the times. And the Lord rebuked them for that. I remember, you guys know, you can identify, but remember sitting in class when I was in elementary school. And in those days, the hours seemed to take forever. And I remember looking up at the clock every, you know, minute or so, thinking, when is class going to end? As far as I was concerned, class was never going to get over with. It got over with rather quickly. And many, many classes after that. And uh, I remember, you know, uh, playing sports And if you're behind, you want the clock to slow down You know what I'm talking about And uh, somehow you want the guy, maybe try to distract the guy keeping the score You know, keeping the clock Maybe he'll leave it on a little longer or something We tried everything in the book If you're behind, you want to end the game When the final buzzer sounds, you want to be up And then there were times we wanted it to speed up Come on, man, speed it up Turn it on, make it go double speed Because you're ahead, you shouldn't be behind And you want that game to end over But people have wanted to know And then secondly The end is a definite period of time It's a definite time You know, I believe, you believe You wouldn't be here That there's a beginning to life And it's really If you study it in the scripture Life begins at conception I saw one of, the, one of the first executive actions of the new administration was to increase the number of abortions and to make sure you and I pay for it. Taxpayer, funded, everyone. I'm telling you, God's going to answer that one day. Life begins at conception and then there's an appointed time to end. Hebrews 9, 27. There's an appointed time for man once to die. You ever sat in a doctor's office and you had an 11 o'clock or a dentist's office 11 o'clock appointment And it's 11.30 and you hadn't seen that dentist, that doctor yet And you're wondering what's what's wrong with you, you've missed the appointment Well you're not going to miss your appointment, with death, how many of you know that, it's appointed And we want to put it off, Shirley had a divine end of, it could have been end of life Encounter, she she was an equestrian rider and when she rode horses and when she was 17 make sure I tell it right she fell off the horse the horse what would you do you were jumping the horse just bucked you whatever it was you fell off hit your head and she said she felt like her body left her and Jesus spoke to her and said it's not your time right it's not your time and she felt like this you know got back into her body you know why he did that for me because he saw I was going to need you (laughs) He sent you back. Anyway, I'm so How many of you are glad? God sends people back. It's happened. It's happened. I'm not giving up hope on anybody. It's happened. But there's a definite beginning and there's a definite end. Revelation 21 opens with, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth have passed away. And then over in verse 6, where they, they have the announcement in that verse Where it says it is done How I many of you know there's going to be a day When the Lord will shout It is done And there's going to come a day of reckoning Then over in Second Peter The heavens will dissolve Say dissolve Being on fire Nevertheless we look for a new heaven And a new earth in which righteousness dwell I've never been to a movie In the days when you could go to a movie I think you can go today under certain restrictions But I've never been to a movie where the end of it didn't have the words the end on it And there's going to come a day You know the first hourglass Where was it? The 8th century It was a French monk And I don't know how How did they know what time it was to begin before they turned it over But I know the sands of time are soon to be run out and time as we know it is coming to an end. And then the third thing about the end is the end will not now this is good. Listen. The end will not take place until God's appointed time. Now did you hear that? The church needs to know this. I heard it was at Franklin Graham. No, I didn't hear. I don't know. Somebody told me he had tweeted. And it was after the Super Bowl, and Franklin Graham. Watched the Super Bowl, we watched part of it, Shirley wouldn't, she was in the other room and I, But I was watching part of the Super Bowl and, and anyway, Franklin said, does anybody know what this Super Bowl halftime means? It's the most bizarre halftime show And I remember, and I watched it mostly because I wanted to see the halftime show I wanted to see because there are messages in these things Now I know you're thinking I went off my rocker, but I've been thinking about weeks now I've been thinking since what in the world did that mean Lord did it have any meaning or was it just happenstance you know somebody thought of it and I said no it had a meaning and if you saw that at the very beginning of the Super Bowl or the halftime show this Messiah type figure dressed in a white robe was lowered down out of the heavens onto the football field I thought now that That looks strange. You know, who else would come out of the clouds into the humanity, the scene of where men live? But anyway, he's coming down, and he's being worshipped by this choir of demons. How do I know there's a choir of demons? Because I saw the eyes. They all had these red eyes. They did not look like regular people. They didn't look like the kind of people I know of on my block. But anyway, they had all eyes, and they're singing in this giant choir, worshipping their Messiah, And then the next scene, the whole football field is filled with all of these people. It's the sea of humanity. They're all dressed alike, nobody's different. They're all wearing these masks over their face. And and here's what the Lord, I felt he told me He said, this is the sea of humanity At the end of the age There'll be all of their individuality Will be stripped away All of that which makes them unique And all of them are going to worship the beast They're going to follow the beast Just like I said in the book of Revelation Chapter 13 where it says The whole world worships and follows the beast Except who? Those whose names are written in the Lamb, the book of the life of the Lamb, written from the foundation of the world. And I've been thinking about over these weeks, and uh, this weekend we got away, and was trying to put all that down, thinking, Lord, how can I get that to Franklin Graham? I don't know, maybe I should tweet it out. They'd probably take it off. They wouldn't allow that tweet. But I believe right now the world, this is what I think is happening they are preparing, they're throwing out the red carpet. They really are getting excited in hell. They believe their so-called Messiah, who we know is the Antichrist, is making his scene onto the earth. He's prepared the way. He's got humanity right where he wants them. They're all ready to take the bait and worship him, except for those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Then I did some other studies, and I found all the religions of the world are waiting for their Messiah But we know it's not The Messiah Now we know The anti will show up And then the real How many of you know Then the real Will show up And he's going to crush the darkness But anyway This point is about It's not going to happen till God's appointed time Look over in Daniel chapter 12 Does any of that that make sense to you guys I don't believe anything's happening by accident Whoever designed it he designed it, they know exactly what they're doing This is not happening by accident You think the whole world, the lockdowns all over the world is just something that just happened No, there's a grand design What did I see, how many businesses are in America 100,000 businesses have been closed and they will never open again It's all been anyway How many of you are glad you're living in this time? How many of you glad we are of the sons of Issachar? We are going to have an understanding. I'm going to show you it's all in the book. Revelation chapter 12, verse 1. No, Daniel. I say Daniel. Daniel 12. And it says in verse 1 that there's going to be a time of trouble such as there never was since there was a nation. And even to that time, and here's, I like the next part of that verse. And at that time, your people shall be, what? Delivered. Everyone who is found, written, in what? In the book. It just fits with the book of Revelation. It's all there. It's this glorious, I'm so glad, God. And then he goes on in verse 3. No, verse 2. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. How many of you know there's going to be a judgment day? and, And we're going to be judged by the way we lived our life on the earth. And the church has to trumpet that message in this hour. Those who think they're calling the shots are going to wake up one day and realize they weren't calling the shots at all. They're going to stand before the one who is and they're going to give an account. Verse 3, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Then verse 4, but you, Daniel, shut up the the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Now it's my own feeling. is that those books are being opened in this hour. Because you look at the next part of that. And we see something had to be fulfilled Many shall run to and fro And knowledge shall increase What's happened over the, not, uh, You can travel to and fro You can be, used to be You could be anywhere I even saw somebody Now I'm not willing to go there quite yet You'll have to show me Before I'm, I'm going to be from Missouri They're talking about time travel and You're going to have to show me I'm, Show me first Then I'll believe them time now I know what time travel I'm looking for in that moment that twinkling of an eye and when we're going to travel you know to points that's been prepared for us but he talks about this and then the knowledge shall increase are you amazed you can google if whatever question you have you can google and find out the answer it's the most amazing thing you try to outsmart google you cannot do it. In fact, Google is probably a lot more than we know and give credit for either Now, there's a, I'm not going to go into great detail But verse 7 is a verse that much of the church pays no attention to I'm going to pay attention to it because it's in the book And I'm called to preach the word But it says there will come a time when the power of the holy people Who are the holy people? Say I'm holy okay. We're a holy People generation The holy people has been Completely shattered All these things Will be finished There will come an end And then in verse 9 And he said go your way Daniel For the words are closed up Until the time of the end And many shall be purified Made white and refined But the wicked shall do wickedly And none of the wicked shall understand You ever tried to explain What's happening To someone that's outside of Christ. You talking to. It's like you're talking to a wall. They have no understanding. They can't understand the things of God. And you say God how come I can see this. But these can't see it. What's happening. How come others couldn't figure out. What they were trying to present. The announcement that was being made. At the halftime of the Super Bowl. How come others can't figure this out. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Now look back in chapter 11 and in verse 27. And I believe this is a time of the antichrist and the world government and all these things are coming to pass. And I believe right now, hell is excited. They believe this is their time. This is their day. But look what it says. I'm gonna put a little wrench in the armor. Look what it says, but these kings' hearts shall be bent on evil. Have you seen any evil? The hearts are bent on evil. Evil that's, I do not even know you could define evil in that way. Evil, and they shall speak lies. Evil and lies at the same table. In other words, they're fellowshipping. But it shall not prosper for the end, say the end will still be at the, what? Appointed time. The designated time. In other words, it ain't gonna happen until God blows the whistle. And you and I are to be about doing the Father's will. And we're going to even be those that mess up because do you think we could hasten the day of the Lord? They're trying to hasten the day of their Messiah. The way we hasten the day of ours it's by doing the Father's will and finishing the work that he's given us to do. Does that make sense? And that fits with that dream, 1600 Pennsylvania, that God's going to do something major in this hour. It ain't going to happen. They ain't, Listen, well, I don't care what they're announcing to their followers. It ain't going to happen until we see the fulfillment of what God has purposed. Every promise spoken over your life is going to be fulfilled. Every promise over the church in America. Now he's had to shake it up We are realizing not everybody that said they were of the church Are of the church Even after they die Their sins are finding them out But God's raising up a remnant And then the next thing about the end Is the end will come as a surprise to many 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 10 But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night In which the heavens will pass away With a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat You know there's some people don't even believe that anymore Both the earth and the works in it will be what? Burned up I know people won't even preach that Their theology's gotten into a highlighted, enlightened place They don't believe that anymore They've left that out Jesus said in Luke 12 if the master of a house had known the hour when the thief was about to break into the house he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into he said therefore you must be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect anybody say amen on that which brings me you know it's it's, it's as if when they say when they say peace and safety right. peace and safety everything's going to get better we're going to capture all the mountains. Everything's going to get better. Peace and safety is coming to planet earth. And the, and the Bible says that's when you watch for sudden destruction to come on the scene. Anyway, this is an, a t- great time. And then, now this is good. I hope it's good. James chapter, I want you to see that. James 5, there's an end intended by the Lord. You guys with me? You better shout because I'm going to I'm about to bust up here. I don't know. i got a fire in my bones, and I'm weary of holding it in. And I ain't going to hold it back. I feel like, listen, you got to run the race while you can. There's no gu- After seeing what happened with Marty, there's no guarantee. Now, I'm telling you the story's not over. Because I've told the Lord. I said, Lord, this is between me and you. If you did something with Marty, like you did with Lazarus, do you know how many people would come to Jesus? Because we'd have already come and share that testimony. Now I'm just thinking, I know some people think you shouldn't go there. No, my God does abundantly exceedingly above all I could ask or think. And I'd rather be among those who have and ask and have than those who don't ask and have not. Ask God for big things. That's what we've been saying in this hour. Ask him for big things, have big prayers. Don't have these little bitty scrawny prayers. Maybe you can have some of them, but at least have some big ones. Because they're all big when God comes on the scene. But there's an end intended. Now, look at this, how this fits for the hour. I wish I could have, I wish I could have, I wish they'd have lowered me on that football field and I could have read this scripture in the midst of this announcement. To the Satanists and the globalists and the rich and the elite. Look at this, verse verse 1. Come now you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and your silver are corroded. And their corrosion will be a witness or a testimony against you. And you will eat your flesh like fire. For you've heaped up treasure when? In the last days. They're heaping up the treasures of the world. They raped South Africa. They raped all of Africa. And they're trying to do the same thing in every nation. Oh God, thank you for showing us this stuff. We'd go crazy if you weren't telling us what's going on. Verse 4, indeed the wages of the laborers, or the workers, who mowed your fields or worked in your factories, which you kept back by fraud. Do you see that? They're crying out, crying out. And the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath. Now can you see what I see in this? Or you think I'm just reading something that makes God give them eyes to see? If I can understand this, you can understand this. Verse 6, look what they did. No way. Verse 5, you have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury, and all you've done is fattened up your heart as in the day of slaughter. I would have loved to have read this on the football field. Look at verse 6 you have condemned, you have murdered the just. Now, I'm sorry. There's some people who like to erase that part. No, you cannot erase it. You have to read it as it's written. You have murdered the just. Some of you know, sometimes the good guys are the ones that disappear. You've murdered the just, and he doesn't even resist you. Well, how is he going to resist you if he's murdered? He's not even on the earth. There's no resistance. Verse 7, therefore, now all this is written... Therefore as you read all this therefore he's talking to us be patient Brethren until the coming of the Lord see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain How many of you know there's still a latter rain coming on the earth you also be patient establish your heart People say, why do you preach messages like this? Because I want your heart to be established. Establish your heart. For the coming of the Lord is at hand. What does it mean to be at hand? Well, if you're holding someone at your hand, it's, they're right there. They're at your hand. They're right there. The coming of the Lord. Verse nine. Do not grumble. I remember reading this a number of months ago because I heard some grumbling. And I, I read that because I wanted to read that. And I read it. Do not grumble. Don't complain. Don't murmur. Don't grumble against one another. Amen. Brethren. Now, who, who is he talking to? The brethren. How many of you are the brethren and the sister? And Lest you be what? Yeah. Condemned. This is not the time to be murmuring, grumbling, and complaining, when the judge is standing at the door, that's not the time to murmur. It's a time to get your act together. That's what it is. It's not the time, boy. You know those people, that pastor, that but the judge is standing at the door, and judgment begins at the house of God. Well, he goes on. After do not grumble, behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets. Now he's speaking to us. Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Now here's the rest of the story. Indeed, we count them blessed who do what? Who endure. Who have heard of the You have heard of the perseverance of Job. How many of you know Job went through a lot of things? He lost everything. And you have seen the end intended by the Lord. That the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. So what does that tell us? It tells us there's an end planned by the devil And then there's an end planned by the Lord Amen. And in the midst Of the suffering You be patient Because the end is intended That is intended for you It's going to even shock what God has planned Do you think Job was a little bit surprised? Yes. I think he was greatly surprised And then the next thing There's just a few more There's the end of time Versus the end of our lives I won't go into great Detail on that but the psalm says How men's thoughts are that They will live forever And yet death comes to all And we should live by that verse Amos chapter 4 verse 12 It says prepare to meet your God That's one of the messages We need to be shouting today Prepare to meet your God Regardless it may be your end Maybe the end of the age Maybe the end of time as we know it Maybe just the end of your life but prepare to meet your God And over in James chapter 3 verse 14 Remember he says Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow How many of you know, found that's true? You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow For what is your life? It is even like a vapor That appears for a little time And then vanishes away And then we must live as those Who know that the end is quickly approaching there needs to be an urgency about us, especially in this hour. First Peter chapter 4, verse 7. It says, But the end of all things is at hand. And then he gives them instructions on how to live. And another time we'll get into that. But I believe we're living as that generation. Now, if the believers in the New Testament believed that they were the last generation to live on the face of the earth, how much more should we? Been a few years since then. That have come and gone And we should live with that, that sense That we're the last generation Now they'll always be the mockers And say look you people You think this is the last day People have said that through all generation All through history And they will mock But I want to remind you that God will not be mocked God is not going to be mocked There's an examination day coming And this must be part of our testimony I heard the story of an old grandmother And that meant she was old grandmother We're relatively young grandparents This was an old grandmother I wanted to clarify that But she started reading the Bible all the time She'd read the Bible when she woke up And had her breakfast, read the Bible in the afternoon she'd sit down in her rocking chair And read the Bible Late at night you would find the light on in her room She's reading the Bible And they asked the granddaughter What happened to your grandmother? What happened to her? She's changed The granddaughter said She's cramming for her final exam And she doesn't want to fail I'm telling you this is the time to cram Jesus said you must work The works of him who sent you Because of the night coming When no man will work Now did he mean it or was he just You know he meant it And then the next thing Because he said, behold, I'm coming quickly I know all the skeptics have said Now he said that, he said, behold, he's coming quickly But has he come? The only reason he hadn't come is because it's his will that none should perish And he's holding out for a great harvest And then he's waiting for the Father's will, perfect will And then the end is not the end for those whose faith is in Christ And that's what they danced, they sang this morning, I am the resurrection and the life He that believes in me Though he were dead, yet shall he live We live Sometimes it seems the good guys die They even die young But I'm telling you, it's a part of a glorious testimony That God is building And there is an end coming and, uh, But we can be confident that if you're in Christ, your end is not really coming, your, your beginning is just beginning. And whatever happens with the earth, I know there's going to be a day the earth and the works thereof are going to be burned up, but we're looking for a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Anybody? Amen. I remember when Josh was a little boy, he would ask us, Dad, when is sin going to get, go away, basically? When's God going to deal with sin? And I'm telling you, sin's going to have his climax. But there's coming a day that God's going to stamp the final, that's it. It's over. It's done with. And Jesus is going to come and reign. And then the next thing, we must hold fast and firm with confidence until the very end. And not just to the end, but during the end. Now the falling away is going to happen by a lot of the, or it's going to, Many are going to fall away because they, they were told that this Messiah and Antichrist and figures they lowered down in, as a symbol, as a symbol for the world to know that he's evidently arrived or arriving. They were told, You won't be here. You won't even be around. That's right. yep. Do you know? I think I've shared this, but just in case. Corey Ten Boom, who we have a lot of respect for, we quote her stories in this place all the time. We like Corey, her testimony. She said, "Now she was a godly woman. She said the, the preachers of the rapture are the false prophets in the last days." Now, when I first heard that, I had to say, "But oh, wait a minute, Corey. Maybe you were you had a little bit too much something on that day, because I know a lot of people. I have a lot of friends." I have family I have a lot of No listen Corey you didn't really mean that Well we'll have to ask her When we get there But all I know is If you cause the least of these To stumble And fall away You're going to be called least In the kingdom I don't understand all that story But I know we got to hold fast Now I'm going to wrap it up The hourglass is almost empty Time as we know it Is coming to an end And the scripture says we're to hold fast and firm all the way to the end And uh, the question is are you ready? Do you know the one who is the resurrection and the life? There's a scripture in Hebrews chapter 7 as we get ready to close It refers to the earthly priest Who are prevented from continuing in this life because of death They, They can't continue their ministry But Jesus is the high priest who is able to save. It says save to the uttermost those who come to God through him because he's a priest forever. And he offered his life once and for all for the sins of the whole world. For those who put their trust in him. Amen? Does that make sense? So that's why I preach on the end. Because there's an hourglass and I'm telling you it's about to run out. Jesus, if Jesus can say, behold, I'm coming quickly, I can stand here today and say, behold, he's coming quickly. And I thank you, Jesus, for it. Now, I want to pray this morning for people here. I want to pray for miracles and just ask God to touch people. But first, I want to pray for those that may be watching and those that are in this place and you've never put your trust in Jesus. I'm looking for the 1,600 souls plus 1600 I'm telling you that means a lot If you have more to the story You tell us what it means Because this dream is hot off the presses I just had it last night I don't know why I said 1600 people are coming to Jesus Are we ready What are we going to do And God's going to give us the divine strategy Maybe that's why he's Gideon's army is what's left All hands on deck And God can save with many Or he can save with few and God will get a lot of glory when he saves with those who are the weakest among them. And whom some dishonored and some said that they're of no value. God is going to use the least. Those that are the first are the last in the kingdom. Those that are last are the ones that are going to be the first. How many of you know that? Those who we thought were the greatest apologists and the greatest preachers on the earth. Their sins will follow them all the way to the grave. And you'll know one day. I'm telling you, it's a different day. You'll know those who are the first and the last and the last and the first. But I want to pray. You need to be among the first that come to Jesus in this hour. My friend, this is the day of salvation. If there's anybody here, those that are watching, you say, I don't know for sure. But I want you to pray with me. And I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I mean, if you know, you can't just come to him when you want to. You don't just say, okay, I think I'll trust in Jesus. No, the Holy Spirit has to convict you of sin. The Father draws you. There's a divine drawing. I remember, how many of you know, remember the day you were drawn? And you know the conviction of your heart was beating out of your chest. How many of you know that? It was a real born-again experience. Many people have been, they've got just enough religion. They've been inoculated from the real thing. You're not going to go to heaven because you're religious You're going to go because you were born again Born of the spirit And you were convicted and you repented of your sins And I want to pray right now If you're right now the Holy Spirit is drawing you Just let's all pray this out loud Then we're going to pray for everybody But just say dear God I believe in you I believe in Jesus That he is the son of God That he died on the cross and rose from the dead He was tempted at all points, just like me, but he never sinned. And then he offered up his life once and for all, the just for the unjust. And now by faith, I choose to follow you. I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sin. I turn my life over to you. Help me to repent Change me from within And from this moment on I'm going to follow you Fill me with the fire of God Fill me with the Holy Spirit And use me for the rest of my life In Jesus name If you prayed that you get in touch with us As a way to connect by email And and we'll help get you connected To a church somewhere in your area Oh, for the rain. Oh, 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 oh.